So we'll start off with the first question. What did you think you would do when you were a kid? Um, so kind of a little bit of my background uh, is my parents were actually newcomers to Canada. And when I was reviewing these questions, uh, it's kind of funny because I think this is probably a stereotype, but generally newcomers are always really pushing safe careers for their kids. Um, yeah. The parents are looking at like, be an accountant, be an engineer, be a doctor, things like that. And so really when I was growing up, it's really tough to say like, what did you want to do as a kid versus what did your parents want you to do as a kid? So um, your parents definitely like influenced that? Oh, a hundred percent. Right. In my family, it was all about engineering and medicine. Those are the things to do. Now, yeah. luckily uh, I enjoyed like chemistry, physics, math, and things like that. So that really conveniently dovetailed into going into an engineering world. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I think that's a, I think that would be a common refrain from a lot of, of first generation Canadians is uh, if you take a look at my family, yeah, we're all doctors and engineers is how we, we all panned out. Yeah. So your parents, the next question is what your parents wanted you to do. So they were definitely more like science and math. A hundred percent. You know, we grew up in a house where uh, arts and culture was really important. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, we were exposed to a lot of literature, music, um, art. Um, but definitely there was always the constant refrain of like, make sure you get a good job when you grow up, because that's the whole reason we came here. Yeah. Right. So did they kind of push like those in extracurricular then? Um, I would not say that. So like we weren't overscheduled as kids from like piano lessons and things like that. One of the really cool things that my folks did do is they were hyper open to us following whatever kind of extracurricular uh, interests that we had, right? School was important. So, you know, there was definitely an emphasis on like, make sure your grades are up. Like, make sure you're taking the courses that are going to get you into places where you want to be. But aside from that, as long as you're doing that work, whatever else you want to do, go nuts, right? And so in my case, you know, my interests were really along the lines, like I did an awful lot of martial arts growing up in high school. Um, I was really interested in computers. I spent more than enough time gaming um, and, you know, stuff like that, really. Do you think like that pressure to do well in school influenced your decisions like when you went into university? Uh, I think, <clears throat> again, the what I appreciate is is my folks to me had a cool approach of performance was important or grades were important, right? Like you didn't have good grades, there was going to be some trouble, but they didn't micromanage the how of it. Right. So it wasn't that my folks were on us like, hey, how come you're not doing uh, your homework? Like, hey, you know, where like they, they didn't push the how you're going to do it. They just simply said, this is what you need to do. If you need help, ask us. But you got to figure out how to do it. And to me, that really set up set us up well for like, for example, going in university and the rest of our lives, because we as a whole, like all my, my brother and sister and I are very sort of like, okay, cool. What's the goal? We're going to go do that. Um, and, and we figure out for ourselves how to, how to achieve that. So do you think like that freedom to kind of 
they didn't really put pressure on like when you had to get things done. It was just like you knew you had to get it done. Do you think that like helped you out later in life with time management? Uh, yeah. So I would say it turned into two things. On one hand, I am a notorious procrastinator, but then I'm also very, very effective at dealing with deadlines. So Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess that's a life skill. Yeah. Yeah. Once you got into high school, um, what did you want to do then? So high school was cool, I thought, because high school is where you really start to see how your choices line up for the future, right? When you're in junior high or elementary school, like nothing, this is going to be a gross exaggeration, but nothing you do really matters, right? Like yeah. um, you're not, there's not a, a cause and effect where you're like, okay, I've got to take this course because I need this course because four years from now, I want to get into this program. And then I want to get into this program because if I get into this program, then this is going to happen to me. And then when I'm 45 years old, I will be able to have a jet ski, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's not that sort of constant progression, but at high school, that's where it really starts to happen. You got to, you're yeah. looking at like, what electives am I going to do? What courses am I going to do? Oh my goodness. You start to actually having to, to make decisions that you're worried are going to like put you in. See, it's interesting. Putting yourself on a path is a good thing because it means you're going to progress in a direction, but it's a scary thing because it means you have to kind of give up on other directions. You can't do all things all the time. I've kind of made it to that point now, but I still right. decided kind of to take everything. So I've still taken like all the maths and sciences, but then I still left it open for like an arts path. And so in when I went through high school, I was kind of in the same boat. Like I did my my international baccalaureate program. Um, and I like maxed out all the sciences because I wanted to make sure I had bio and chem and physics because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But still then trading something because you only have 24 hours in the day. Mm -hmm. So you can't, you still can't do everything, right? You've yeah. got to pick something. And in my case, by picking to do biochem and physics, and stacking up my um, my academic schedule, there's no choice. I have to minimize my drama participation, right? Yeah. So you still are making a choice. Yeah, so kind of like not making that choice, you're still sacrificing other like other things. And and that's totally how life goes, right? Like every option you make that's good. Make like make decisions because you have to make decisions. Otherwise you're not going to get anywhere, but yeah. be comfortable that that means giving something up and that's fine. Right. Um, so what courses did you take when you were in high school? Uh, so as I say, high school for me, um, did the IB program. So I kind of went the, the chem physics bio route, math, uh, my favorite courses, though, so I was I was stacked up on the sciences because I knew I needed those to get into university, into an engineering program. But I have to say English and social were actually my my favorites. I'm really glad I took those because to me, for a lot of folks who are going to go into like a technical stream of work, um, you're not really pushed to do, you know, reading literature or studying history. Um, and so that was a great time for me to actually like establish a foundation of, of enjoying that type of stuff. 
And had I not taken those courses, um, then I don't know when I would have gotten a, a chance to to investigate that, right? I'm probably not going to deconstruct Len- Leonard Cohen songs at this point in my life uh, for their actual meanings. Yeah. Do you think, like, the next question I was going to ask you was about your interest in high school. So those courses you th- were more, like, for the interest rather than, like, an end goal? Yeah. Right. You got your bucket of stuff you're interested in and you got your bucket of stuff that you got to do because you got to do it. Were some of the courses kind of both or were they mainly just you knew you had to take them? Uh, I would say pro- like if I'm going to call a spade a spade, um, I think a lot of it is just you you had to take them and it was fortunate yeah. they were enjoyable. Um, at the end of high school, what were your post-secondary plans? Uh, well, so... Uh, finishing high school again, because I kind of had the goal of like getting into the engineering stream. Um, definitely my plan was going towards university and getting an engineering degree. Right. And, uh, I grew up in Edmondson. I ended up going to the university of Calgary, um, for, for engineering. And, and that's kind of the direction I went. So which program you applied to engineering? Yep. Yep. Went into the engineering program and actually ended up sticking with that um throughout the whole thing I didn't uh, I didn't end up changing in the middle so with engineering is it kind of like the first year courses are general and then yeah so the way it works in engineering programs is your first year is generalized um and then you have to pick in second year what stream you're going into and in my case uh, I picked geomatics engineering uh just because I was kind of the the interest and kind of fit with uh with previous stuff I had done and uh, and then boogied boogied forward for three years. The kind of the big. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Do you kind of want to explain geomatic engineering? Uh, yeah, I'd say that geomatics engineering is really uh, all about you know the science of how do you figure out where things are, right? So it's about the simple. The most kind of common thing is like the little GPS chips in your phone. <clears throat> the kind of the technology around that was developed out of the science of geomatics engineering, right? Um, you know, other applications are, you know, figuring out how to measure things very precisely, how to make sure that that the tubes in a particle accelerator are perfectly aligned to each other, things like that. Measuring isn't always as simple as people might think. And so there's a whole field to study around that. So once you completed your engineering degree, did you continue on with your education? Uh, yep. So I ended up actually doing a PhD in geomatics engineering because I loved measuring so much uh, and frankly didn't really know, you know, I'd be lying to say that getting a PhD was a like lifelong ambition kind of thing. It would, I'd say about 60% of it is wow, this is a convenient way to like put a pause on my life and continue to be in school as opposed to actually being a grown up. Um, and I'm glad for that time, but it is fairly self-indulgent. Yeah. So once you were completed university, what was like kind of the first job? So in my situation, it was a little bit odd. Um, so I'd finished my PhD And then out of university, I ended up actually, instead of doing something academic, ended up going directly into land surveying, which is all about measuring out people's property boundaries, um, 
things like that, right? Very uh, kind of like real estate driven when you're buying, selling houses, um, uh, building roads and such like that. So it's all about properties and measuring things so that people can can do that. And I, I went to that heavy uh, because I really kind of wanted as much practical experience off the hop. And I ended up starting a land surveying company. Um, that land surveying company then uh, morphed into kind of like an environmental regulatory company uh, that grew and we merged with a couple other companies to get more environmental and, uh, for example, 3D laser scanning work in it. And, and it just kind of migrated towards towards being something else. And really every five years, it seems I'm doing something completely different now. Did you have any education in business or did you kind of, that came after? Yeah, I'd say that's a great way to put it. It definitely came after. <laughs> All my education in business came after I'd made mistakes. <laughs> Do you think like you would have benefited from taking business? It's tough to say. Um, and what I mean by that is, uh, and this is just my stereotype here, I view a lot of business education, like formal business education, as something that's exceptionally useful if you're if you're dealing with big organizations right you want to work at a thousand person company a business degree is probably helpful because those companies are so big that they need things like you know theory of labor management and things like that but mm -hmm. my life has been a lot more entrepreneurial and small scale yeah and in that case a business degree doesn't help you because your biggest problems are how to hustle and school can't teach you how to hustle. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you're a small business owner and you can't hustle, then you're dead. Do you think like when you were a kid, you said you were like a really big procrastinator. Do you think like that kind of carried into your adult life or once you were in university, like you realized? Oh no, no way, man. I like I am a solid procrastinator to this day. You should see my to-do list. <laughs> I thought this podcast was a great idea because it lets me not do something else right now. <laughs> yeah, I think honestly, by the time that you're out of high school, I would argue the vast amount of your innate behavior is is pretty set up, right? Like Yeah. Once you're an adult, you're kind of like, I wouldn't say that my viewpoints haven't changed as I've gotten older. Like I actually, one of the things I enjoy as I get older is looking back at things I thought were important or opinions I thought were just so, so correct and finding out that like, no, actually that was totally wrong. But I think the basic nature of myself has not changed, right? Mm -hmm. like, I will die being a procrastinator. I will... You know, I will like fiddling with things and solving problems forever. So you mentioned before that your company had kind of merged. So now that you've settled into that, what does your day-to-day -day look like? Uh, so the last couple of years, so we've been now, <clears throat> so like when we, um, we ended up, as I say, uh, merging a number of companies together and eventually creating a company that was uh, about like 30 odd folks uh, in it. We actually got acquired by a much larger company about three years ago, 
Um, so now we work at a, um, at like a, you know, thousand person company. Um, and when I say we, I mean the whole Sarpoint team, which was that, uh, that business that we had grown. And so for me now, I am currently the manager of an engineering department in that thousand person firm. And so my day to day is really focusing now on putting together business strategies and trying to like, you know, you've got an idea of how the business can work better. And I would say 80% of my work is now generating consensus among a whole pile of different people to get agreement that this thing is a good idea and to then start executing on that. So my life's really migrated into like for the lack of a better term, like herding cats, right? You got an idea and you got to get everybody aligned to make it happen. And the mm -hmm. bigger the organization, the harder it is to get everybody aligned together. When you were in university, did you really think like that most of your work would end up being kind of that management role? I, I guess not, you know, um, but honestly, to if I'm like, if I'm going to be honest, I don't think that even five years ago, I was aware of how much management goes into working at a larger firm. Mm -hmm. Like again, running small, you know, 30 person companies, there's very little management, I would say, because it's so small. It's just about generating business and doing projects. You don't have politics. You don't have any like misaligned interests because there's 30 folks. You can get everybody in a room and say, hey. Like, this makes sense. This is what we're going to do, right? And everyone's like, yeah. And then you go do it. Um, so this this last, you know, three-year span of my life has been quite eye-opening to learn new things. So, Would you say you have a preference between, like, the small company and the larger company? Ooh, I would say that puts me, like, in a terrible spot on a, on a podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> I would say if I'm going to be politically correct... They both have their various advantages and disadvantages. Yeah. All right. In a small company, um, it's very nimble. You get to be able, you can do whatever you want on any day of the week. There's not paperwork. There's not anything preventing you from doing things, right? At a big company on the flip side, though, you have resources that you don't have at a small company. So you can do bigger things and cooler things, but... There's a lot of, again, organizing, aligning that has to go in to be able to access those resources. So they're, you know, they're just completely different setups. Do you think like the management, that was something you had to learn as you went? Uh, I think you're evolving constantly in that, in that field, right? So, um, so I definitely think that, uh, that that's something that I've evolved into and I'm constantly learning about people. And people are always changing, right? So it's a, it's a constantly moving uh, target. Yeah, like, as I say, I think it's been, it's been kind of a wild, wild ride, really. And if I can give any sort of advice, it's really... You know, the couple things are like in high school, you know, make, don't stress out too much about where you're going to end up, like whether you're making the correct decision in terms of like a career path. Instead, mm -hmm. I would say it's more important to like make a decision, do something, dedicate yourself to it, 
go through it and be prepared that, you know, six years later, you may have to do something completely different. And that's fine, right? Like, as I say, for me, I've pivoted, you know, probably three major times over my life so far. And, and that's cool. Every time you pivot, pick a new direction and then go in that direction, right? Don't sit around going like, oh, I don't know if this is the right decision. Just do it. Commit to it. See where it leads. Reevaluate. Better opportunity comes up or different opportunity you're interested. Don't be afraid to like give up the past and go forward into your new future. So you definitely kind of had to jump off the deep end when you made those switches. Yeah, and I think that's the I think that's how you got to do it. Yeah, I think like going into university, it's really difficult to kind of make that commitment. I, well, I actually I think that going into university is a commitment. Mm-hmm. Right? So you are making a commitment, and I think a lot of people worry when they're in a for example, a general studies kind of um, stream about like, oh, well, what am I going to do with this? Well, that's a problem, right? On the flip side, if you have a concrete answer about like, actually, you know what? The reason I'm here is because this is where I want to go to. I think that's totally reasonable, right? The trick is pick where you want to go to. So you think like it's makes a lot more sense to go into it with that end goal rather than kind of like figure out the end goal later. Yeah. Right. And don't worry that your end goal might not be the right one. You're probably not going to get there anyways, because there's going to be some detour along the way, but at least you, at least you got velocity. Yeah. Like you're working towards that direction. Yeah. Right. And once you got that velocity, that means you can change direction pretty easily. Whereas if you're standing still, then it's tough to get moving. Mm-hmm. So 